Hello to my favorite collective. I am super thrilled we get a chance to connect once again on another episode that is dedicated to a conscious collective movement. I am Gamu, the host of Conversations in Between. If it is your first time here, welcome. And if you are a regular member of the collective, welcome back to your favorite sacred space with me, Gamzo. <laughs> I just want to thank everyone for tuning in from all around the world. As I was going through analytics, I've realized that we keep growing and it's such a big blessing that cannot go accounted for. So I just want to take the time to thank each and everyone who takes the time to stream conversations in between from any streaming platform. We are available on Spotify. We are available on Apple. And if you are looking for more if you are rather looking for more avenues to connect with us on a streaming platform, do visit our Instagram page on at rather conversations underscore in underscore between underscore where we share all things CIB as well as a link that is provided in our bio that allows you to connect with us and offer you different streaming platforms. And speaking on connection and touching different parts of the world, I want say hello and thank you to everybody in South Africa which is my home country also I want to say thank you to everybody in the USA because that's the second biggest demographic of where our audience is coming from and we also have our faves in Botswana and I just want to take time to connect with the collective of Botswana and say thank you so much for always moving CIB up the charts. When I started monitoring our metrics and seeing where we are across um, different streaming platforms in terms of ratings, constantly we keep moving up the chain under the spirituality um, category for podcasts and CIB keeps just mounting up and thank you to the Botswana collective I am super 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 thankful please do connect to us please do reach out to us as we are a conversation collective right this is no dictate dictatorship <laughs> this is no dictatorship this is where we all come together and we talk we connect we converse we let go we bring in we grow and I would just love 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 to hear from the CIB collective in Botswana and again Isandla's really kind thank you thank you so much we also have faves connecting from Mozambique Sweden UK Australia Canada New Zealand Nigeria and India I was every time I look at our demographics I'm just like this is a blessing and a half you know we have audiences that we've been praying to connect with and even want to reach out to more and to know that this is a collective that keeps growing because with every with every monitoring that i do we're growing the percentages are growing so please continue to share our podcast with your faves please continue to connect with us we want to hear what you want to hear more often cip as we are turning the year old this year we want to be doing bigger things we want to be connecting to you guys in ways that we cannot imagine and the only way we can do it is with the collective and the collective being from every part of the world, you know, just sharing the space outside of what I know and outside of what I'm exposed to, I am willing and able to be part of the other parts of 
our collective. Okay, let's get into it. So as per usual, you should be sipping on something right about now, be it tea, be it water, be it your juice, be it whatever. I'm going to need you to lubricate this throat for when you do agree with what we say, for when you do nod your head, for when you say girl or sister or whatever term you want to use to reference your host when you are feeling what we are saying in your spirit. And when I say we, you know I'm never rolling solo. In physical form, yes, but in spirit form, baby, there's a whole tribe that is taking part in this conversation just as we are connected as the collective. And as for me, I am having a glass of mango juice. It is transitioning season for us. We are moving from summer to autumn. I love autumn just want to take this moment to say i love autumn a lot of people are probably throwing tomatoes and onions my way because i know people love the summer fairly so because you get to dress nice hang out and the days are longer and the nights are shorter perfectly okay but i'm an autumn baby i'm actually a winter baby i'm a transitioning baby because from august to september that's like where we fall from winter to spring but I appreciate cool and cold weather, guys. And boots and coats, baby, the fashion in autumn. Because we're in between, right? It's not too cold, but you can bring out the boots and coats. And I love bringing out the boots and coats. So I'm looking forward to that. But today is a bit of a warmer day. And I cannot be sipping too tea, rather, because I am feeling extremely hot. <laughs> so a glass of juice is what is regulating the sister. Just like last time I had, I was having water. That's what I'm going to do. But as we get into our autumn and we get into um, the more cooler season, I will be definitely bringing back the teas that I'm drinking, the teas that I'm trying out, and also to see what it is that we can do more of in CIB. And again, as per usual, I will give you a quote of the day and something that was meant to carry your spirit for however long, be it just for the next hour, the next day, the next week, the next month, however way you want to stretch it, I am here to provide the code of the day. And today I am taking an extract from one book that I really love. The title is A Fire Like You. I don't wanna botch the author's name, so I'm going to refrain from attempting to pronounce her name, but I will be sharing the extract on our CIP page on Instagram. And I will also share the cover in case you want to get into this book, because I do believe it is another book that will do wonders for you. So I am reading from the chapter titled Hunger and page 52's short extract. And the title of this page is All That Grew. There is a long list of things I wish this life had or hadn't given me. But now that I am here, having lived with and without, I know life was only preparing me for myself. And I was worth the wait. I'm going to repeat that. And I'm going to get back into that. And I'm going to read that again. Title, All That Grew. There's a long list of things I wish this life had or hadn't given me. But now that I'm here, having lived with and without, I know life was only preparing me for myself. And I was worth the wait. Because you know what, baby? You are worth the wait. You are worth the wait in your transformation. You are worth the wait in your transition. You are worth the wait in your stable set 
of mind you are always worth the wait and i just felt like this resonates with just the title of undoing and transforming that we are looking at in the season right because i feel like that's the theme we are literally circulating around when i look at the preps for the shows that we do um and just look at the consistent theme and it is transformation uh, that's literally the word i'm seeing and purpose-led for me personally the season this year is titled purpose-led um, at my purpose-led life i am doing things that are purposeful for me myself my family my friends my relationships all aspects of me are purpose-led so i've taken big steps in my life that are fulfilling i've taken steps that require me to walk even more in purpose and i am dedicated in just doing things that are purposeful because I'm an intentional living being and I believe we all should be living with intention because your intention always shows where your heart is positioned and I felt like titling this year for myself being purpose-led life worked well and as a collective I think we are in a transformative season however way it may look however way it may be shifting I do believe that we are all consciously moving under one vibration with different positionings so I'm excited about that and I felt this extract works really well from the book uh, fire like you the title on its own is fire literally a fire like you you are a constant light remember that don't ever forget that and in your pursuit of igniting your light constantly and keeping it ablaze there are things that need to happen there are things that I need to change there's things you need to be doing more of these things that you need to be introducing yourself more to the ever evolution of life however whichever spectrum or dimension you're in your life is in constant evolution and that is why today we will be looking at the topic of the chokehold of hyper independency yes so for us to get to this topic personally resonates with me as always i love to share personal experiences and extend them on the platform which do become very beneficial from what i see to the collective and also just a collective conscious movement that the people i'm surrounded by are going through or not necessarily thinking as it being an issue but also realizing that it's not a healthy approach to life <laughs> okay and this is hyper independency there's lots of definitions of what hyper independency looks like or feels like some of us literally live in this sense of energy in our lives some of us make excuses for why we live in this orbit of hyper independency and at the same time we are seeing that as much as it's giving it's also taking away so it's not always a good thing to look at something as it being beneficial when in fact it does also take away because there are things that we need to let go of when we evolve into for our better self but there are certain things that we have normalized because we do see the good that comes from it but also it's a destructive pattern and hyper independency is definitely one of them again i like to bring it back home and say for me personally i experienced hyper independency from abandonment which led to me being extremely extremely um hyper independent and when i say abandonment it's not like i was left on the side of the road 
No, I'm not saying that. My abandonment looks different as it is for everyone else. My abandonment is loss. I've experienced quite a big, significant change of loss of people who I was highly dependent on. And I had to quickly learn dependent independency. But I didn't realize that in my learning of independency, I was actually moving into a more traumatic response to independency, which did result to hyper-independency, lack of trust, lack of vulnerability um, around people, minimal connection. I just thrived in my solitude and I struggled with receiving help, which is something I'm still working on. I really struggle with understanding uh, that I was a workaholic and that I placed a lot of myself with tangible assets and tangible realities and achievements. And I thought I was doing good. I mean, I was working hard for everything I needed. I didn't really, excuse me, see the need to ask things from people anymore and I always will avoid and try my best to not ask for help. I've attained so many things but deep down inside I wasn't really happy. I wasn't experiencing joy because I was moving from one achievement to another without taking time to be like okay you know relish this moment enjoy this moment. I just always felt like what is next? What am I supposed to be doing next? I struggled with this in relationships romantically uh, because Again, you know, relationships do require a sense of dependency on each other. Struggled with that a lot. Uh, had anxious attachment issues that I still am working on. And also friendships, you know, uh, just realizing that some friendships I held more weight on to versus others. And I didn't really care in losing people. But I'd always feel the pain in losing people because I had normalized the reality. And I didn't think there was anything wrong with being a workaholic because that would allow me to provide for myself without, you know, involving other people. And realizing that this is actually a trauma response took a lot for me to accept one. And the biggest thing, it took a lot for me to actually unlearn, which is a constant journey that I'm still going through. And when I spoke up of hyper-independency with my close friends on Instagram, on my personal Instagram, a lot of my people resonated with me. And a few really didn't think this was something wrong until I explained it because the context I was speaking in was um, the dependency on just you know, relationships and relying on friends to be the extended versions in your life, you know, even for little things, like little things as friend, I need support, like I'm not okay. I struggled with that because I'm just like, now I have to articulate why I'm not okay. And I struggle with vulnerability. I'm in a relationship. I'm not as vulnerable as my partner would love for me to be, but I want his vulnerability to be on the surface. How will I manage his vulnerability if I myself am not willing to give the same thing? Do I even know how to manage it when it's given to me because it's something that I have deemed as a weakness? I deemed vulnerability for the longest of time as a weakness because I felt like it broke down the system of my being and I needed to constantly stay on top. So the overachieving mentality, it's a lot, <laughs> okay? So personally, I resonated with that. A lot of my friends resonated with it. And one thing we did have in common, two things actually we had in common was abandonment and anxious attachment, which then resulted to hyper-independency.
right so there's a lot of other layers that you could look into and if you want me to touch on those in upcoming episodes please let me know because something that is obviously another thing that you will struggle with if there's hyper independency there's also an element of anxious attachment you're thinking how am i hyper independent and still anxiously attached to someone why is my anxiety ruling in my attachment to a person when i have structured my whole life to be dependent on me so why am i feeling anxious with the possible reality of this person leaving me or this person not being in my space and i need their reassurance in this time being that they're not in my like what is this meza okay <laughs> but today we are looking at hyper independency and there's something i want to look into that rather i want to introduce in the show and that is called the research bag so the research bag is something that i do before every episode where i try my best to delve deeper into a topic that i will be discussing with the collective and try to give like some professional definitions or professional help but because this is a spirit-led community we are led by the spirit we are not moving in a structure that is now medically or scientifically designed no we are led by the spirit that is why the conversations are personal that is why the conversations are in between because it's not structured i may have messed up the audio there forgive me it is not structured conversations that are meant to go a certain way but it's led by the spirit that is why but i also believe that it's good for me to offer resources in case you need extended avenues outside of today's episode for you to get deeper into what we were talking about for you to invest more time into what we're talking about i would love to offer those resources to you and also you know share other academics other people's perspective uh, sorry perspectives and other people's direction in what we are talking about so in my research bag i was going through the internet and google <laughs> trying to see definitions that i felt were easily understandable for people who are still trying to make sense of hyper independency to see if it is something that they resonate with something that is a part of their life or something that they need to fix because most of the time you don't see it as something that you need to fix because it brings a sense of structure you attain a lot of things but emotionally and mentally and sometimes physically you take a toll in rotating in the orbit of hyper independency so i always believe let's just get a definition that breaks it down thoroughly in understanding what is hyper independency and possibly you could pick up that it is something that you possibly might be suffering from i don't like using the term suffering because i feel like it is chokehold it's literally but you know something that you might be going through rather yes something you might be going through that you need to get through yebo we found it praise god we found it okay it is something that you may be going through that you need to get through hallelujah amen and the collective said ashe <laughs> okay now i have two sources i'll mention the sources of where i got the definitions right at the end so bear with me and if you want to delve deeper into these articles that i found feel free to send us a dm on cib and we will share the links with you with the direct directly rather to the article instead of navigating the websites okay so the first definition of hyper independency 
is hyperindependence refers to individual attempts to be fully independent in all things even when it is not helpful to do so or when they truly need help or support from others so in most cases even when you hyper independent there are situations and seasons and times where you need help from people but you still say no 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 baby no 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 i'm not gonna do it <laughs> okay and then it further goes in and says when someone needs to be independent it gets to an unhealthy extreme this is hyper-independency, an unhealthy extreme of independence. So an individual who is hyper-independent will avoid asking for help or support even when it is detrimental. Hyper-independency can be a trauma response. Yep. And I got this definition from a website titled verywellmind.com. So again, you can reach out to me and I'll share the links. These sites and references are non-paid, guys. This is pure research. You can take it to turn it in as inverted commas. This is pure research. None of these definitions belong to me. I just resonate with them because they delve deeper into the hyper-independency issue at our hand so basically that is the truth and if as i was defining and reading this definition you resonated with it we are all in the same boat baby we are all in the same boat so again i'm a person who's always looking for more references and looking for you know more definitions and as much as this one was very self-explanatory of today's topic i thought okay there should be more like there should be more that can you know a different perspective that speaks further on hyper independency and i then found another source and this is their definition right Hyperindependency can result from significant emotional damage potentially caused by abandonment, one, two, broken trust, or three, betrayal. So there's a lot of reasons why you could be hyperindependent that are outside of these encapsulated definitions of what could be the result of your hyper-independency, but these are assumably the most well-known reasons of why people suffer from hyper-independency. And then it says, people with hyper-independency can be difficult to form connections with and tend to avoid companionship, preferring to live much of their lives in solitude. I just wanna pause there for a bit because Another thing that is very healthy for you is living in your solitude, being happy, being in your own space. You are not alone. You enjoy being alone. That is your solitude. So when you are in a space where you by yourself and you enjoy it, that is called solitude. Okay. And we know that, but I've never really thought we'd position solitude in a negative connotation or let alone associated with hyper independency. But here it is coming up in this definition. And then it goes further to say, similarly, hyper independent people tend to be hostile to sharing emotions 
maintaining relationships and admitting defeat. <laughs> Let's park it here for a bit, okay? I am feeling like when the pastor is reading the Bible or when my favorite spiritual teacher is saying something that is hitting a nerve, baby, when I read that, I felt that. So if you are a person who is competitive, which is a good thing, because it's something to pride yourself with. Again, I resonate with that. I am highly competitive. But if you fail to admit that, okay, you know what? Here, it's not working. Here, it's just, the wheels are not moving. The oil is not changing. The gears are not changing. Like, if you fail to admit, it could be a sign of hyper-independency that you need to perfectly fix that. It needs to move. You're overachieving. You're overcompetitive. You need to thrive, 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 thrive. You know, you can't call yourself back home and say, no, calling myself back home. Let me regroup. Let me recenter. I'm accepting and admitting, and I'll come back different. It is hyper-independency. Mm. And it further on says they will do all they can do to avoid asking for help. Again, we're coming across the reality that if you are a hyper-independent individual, asking for help is not your thing. And most of the time, you think it's a burdensome thing to do. You think you're weighing heavy on people. You think people don't have the capacity or they judge you or look at you at a certain way. And this could be from past traumas, okay? You don't wake up and start feeling these things. No, baby you're not crazy. You're feeling these things because from past traumatic experiences, you could have felt that there were situations where you needed help or you needed people and the very same people failed to show up for you. And the very same people did not want to help you. And these were people who you possibly thought would always be in your corner. And it doesn't have to happen constantly and continuously. It could take two people for you to close that door. And now you're around people that want to be there for you and want to help you the best way that they can. But you're not receptive of that because you are still holding on to that trauma from the past and you are applying it in the future and still saying, I don't need people. I don't need people. I've got everything. I can do things myself. Even things that you feel short from, that you see that you can benefit from other people and they're easily and regularly availing themselves in those avenues, you still have a big N-O no on your forehead to that. And deep down in your spirit, you actually do realize that you do need that form of support, however way it may look. But everything consciously in you cannot be receptive to that and when i say everything consciously in you when i went through this article it does give you the overview of hyper independency it speaks on how it looks and then it also speaks on your body's reaction because then your body is a nervous system on its own your mind can send signals to your whole body that can trigger something in you. So there is a reactive response from a physical perspective as well when you are in your hyper-independency orbit. So this article does speak on that. I am not going to get into it because I do believe that when you do go into this article, you would enjoy reading and going through it and understanding what happens to your body during these traumatic experiences when you're experiencing hyper-independency. And also there's a difference in 
what is hyper-independency versus hyper-vigilance, right? It speaks on that, which is a whole nother topic. And then it also speaks on characteristics of hyper-independency. And then it then gives you a lowdown on possible treatments that you could use to manage hyper-independency. For me personally, I was like, okay, cool. I have my methods. I'm open to more. But again, each to our own, guys, there's comfortable levels that we can go to in order to fix certain things. What works for me might not work for you, but it's important to find things that can take you out of that space. And then just the last part of the definition, they further say people with hyper-independence are often seen as strong-willed, highly compatible individuals, or rather highly... Uh, capable individuals leading to the misconception that total independence shows strength in character there is a point however when you can become too independent and risk your mental and physical health by shutting people out and failing to form connections the human nature is not an island baby we are meant to live in collectives of consciousness we are meant to live in community so baby you cannot be an island and if you are okay with being an island and you've justified it it's okay i am not attacking you at no point but it is some form of closed offness because of hyper independency or past trauma that you went through that made you be reluctant in trusting people or having people in your space which is fair because you don't need a huge group of people no that's not what i'm saying but it's people can be you and another person literally that can be people and that is what it is that is literally what it is i think we've taken in quite a lot the first half Let's just take a quick breather and then we're going to circle back to hyper-independency and signs of it in your life that I've picked up in mind that you possibly can resonate with and possibly how to get around it. So refill your drink and circle right back to the space. And we are back. If you missed the first half, we were talking about the hyper-independency saga, okay? The chokehold of hyper-independency. A few definitions were shared and a few testimonies in between. And we just got into it. We really, really got into the heavy parts that I'd like to think were, you know, the the awkward movements that we had to do around the the episode but now we get to the parts where we do talk about signs of hyper independency outside of the definitions which helped us a lot in understanding the signs on their own because i felt like both those definitions were very significant in terms of also showing signs of what hyper independency could look like but further getting into it from a personal prescription and also from a collective overview i realized that i am an energy person and i believe everything is energy i believe everything has the power of god and i believe that everything is for your good and as much as it is good there is energy of adversity right and hyper independency is ushered heavily by masculine energy and masculine energy is defined in lots of different ways by different people but i do believe that it is the dominant energy in your life the hoo-ha <laughs> energy in your life that 
is propelling you and pushing you excuse me soft girl aside you know you gotta go you gotta do you gotta protect you gotta serve you gotta do 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 and that's how i define in a not so well defined but a more descriptive way of how masculine energy feels like for me it's a very male dominant sense of energy and then there's the feminine energy obviously that is a lack in hyper-independency. Most of the time, hyper-independency is highly ushered by masculine energy that you can do things yourself. You don't need people who, like, for example, some men are natural providers, right? They are naturally thriving in being a, a solution to your problems, being a security blanket. They thrive from that. And that is why also men have feminine energy of where there's the vulnerability aspect, where there's the emotional aspect that they don't want to hear nothing about. But when they have a great balance of both masculine and energy orbiting in their energy vortex, and then in their frequency of life, they can be said to have a balanced life. And it's the same thing as females. You need to be as feminine as much as you are masculine, right? And I did not want to hear that personally because I always believed what a man can do for me, I can do for myself 10 times better, you know? And that is a thorn in a relationship because if that's the case then what am i doing with this person why am i with this person because there's a role that they thrive in fulfilling outside of an ego point Ah, uh -uh. we're not talking about that where it naturally comes easy for them to be a provider to be a safety blanket but here am i fighting you for something that naturally is something that comes for you and you want me to thrive in my feminine energy to be in my soft girl era to be in ease and comfort in a state of mind of peace because when i am in my soft nature i'm at my most powerful it took me a while to realize this until i fully am still integrating into feminine energy and i am loving it because i finally am in a space where i am okay with taking down my masculine god i'm okay with accepting help i'm okay with being led okay <laughs> and it's not the same every day other days my partner could be like no sis today you're not okay with being led you want to lead this and control that because that's what i thrive in sometimes you know but compared to where i was and to where i am baby it's a long long jump so that's why it's always important to understand the balance of your masculine and feminine energy because a lot of times our masculine energy is what is engulfed in our hyper-independency where we feel let down by a certain part of our life that we are now trying to replace by being that. And in being that, we are losing another part of our life, which is our feminine flow, our time of ease, our time of comfort. We desire that, but at no point Point, are we willing to gravitate towards that because it is deemed as a sign of weakness once yes i do become a flower i become delicate i become soft i become more open i feel like it's a sign of weakness why 
why i know so many people that are in their feminine space that are so powerful and i know people that are also in their masculine space that are so powerful but because they've integrated these flows of energy into their life they have now find found rather a simple flow in life a comforting flow in life and and it's hard to shift from that because personally i used to deem vulnerability as a weakness like why you want to see me cry why you want to know my weakness why do you want to know my emotions you're not gonna offer me the comfort you're not gonna offer i would over analyze and answer questions without proposing them to the person and just decide and sometimes the reality is that you are dealing with people that are not offering you ease or comfort or soft landing and that is why you have put up these walls of your masculine energy and your hyper independency because you are orbiting in spaces that are not allowing you to be a softer version of yourself and you feel you have no choice but to operate in the hyper independency realm and that requires a more in-depth look that if that is a reality that you are normalizing, unfortunately, you cannot force people to change. People don't change for you. People change for themselves. You may encourage the betterment, but they will not change for you until they feel the need to do better and be better because it's inspired by you. Nothing is going to move, baby, unless you do. It is that simple. If you are in spaces where you are seeking to be soft and be non-hyper-independent and be dependent, but that person, it is not in their nature or it is not something they are comfortable in offering you, you are going to be extremely frustrated. You are going to be fighting and you're going to keep on justifying your hyper-independency that is then breaking down the feminine and soft energies in your life that you need to move forward. Just like the sea, I always make an example of the sea because I love it. The sea is strong enough to drown you, but soft enough to cleanse you. And that is how I see the human experience as well. We are as strong enough to drown things and create strong winds and change environments that we're in. But even in our softness, there is a bliss that comes with it. There's a joy that comes with it. There's an unearthing that is so powerful that words can never define. And that is when you can shift from your hyper-independence and have a healthy dependence relationship, right? And for me personally, as I've said, I've been in the space. I am working my way out of the space, I've made my way out of certain spaces that were led by hyper-independency. Um, my work habits, I had an unhealthy work habit. When I first started working, I really had this trauma of not being able to provide for myself. In varsity, I struggled. I, I literally just was, it, it wasn't easy. So I grew more in my hyper-independency bubble because here am I being umtana koko, aka grandma's child, and everything I have to ask my unemployed grandmother to provide for me. And every little thing. And I realized that, guys, no. And then my hyper-independency just heightened and hit the roof where I was like, no one is here to save me. No one is here to, you know. And at the time, I'm thankful 
that the hyper independency help helped me because it helped me get my shit together it helped me get my head together but i didn't realize that it came from a place of trauma and the impact it was going to have in the future and how i navigate life so i worked harder i took jobs that were horrible when i do a episode around leaving corporate i'm going to touch on that because um a good girl a lovely fave of mine really was like girl please talk about the transition right and i realized that i am at the first time in my life where i'm at ease because i stayed in a horrible job my first ever job was so bad but because my hyper independency could not even fathom circumstances and situations could not allow me to not have that job circumstances could not allow me to not have a job until this job psychologically broke me down and i had no choice but to leave right and when i put down my head I was blessed with the previous job that I just had, which brought a lot of perspective and a lot of growth for me. But because I was operating in hyper-independency, I did not care about the environment I worked in. I didn't care about the treatment I was getting. I just cared about that check that I was getting that was going to close a need, that was going to help pay something for me, that was going to advance me in life. I didn't care about my psychological and mental health, but I was suffering. And I was just hyper independent in a sense that I don't want to be asking even airtime money. I don't want to even be asking for menstrual stuff from anyone. Like, what is that? I'm not going to do that. I developed an unhealthy working ethic and where I would give my all in an environment that was horrible. Like, it was horrible. And then another thing I noticed recently is attaching your worth to tangible assets that is another sign of hyper independency once those assets are taken away you can't even fathom the thought of starting over or once those items you're not achieving another tangible thing while living in your dream while living in your dream while living in the house that you wanted the car that you are driving the job you, you looking for the next fix of what is a tangible asset that will define my worth to society and more than anything to myself is it another new job is it a bigger place is it a bigger car is it like studying to have the capacity and you overload yourself because you have placed your worth so much on tangible things that you need to constantly be moving in that pace people need to see you doing things people need to know that you are not down when you are not doing things whereas working on your mental health is not a visible physical sign more than anything, it's something that is experienced by people around you and your energy, right? Because energy is a rare currency. It's not a tangible currency. It's a felt currency. So, okay, yes, I'm working on myself, I'm working on my mental health. I'm working on um, my, my physical, yeah, physical health. I need to go to the gym. I need to, you always need to be doing something that is physically appealing to people to show you that you are living life. Baby baby no <laughs> no and outside of that you feel worthless like you feel like your worth amounts to not much you're just like yes i'm a good person yes i have a good heart yes i i do x y and z but where's the degree 
where's my new degree? Where's my new development in life that is physical that people can see and I can point it and say, I did that, I did that. Instead of people experiencing my energy and experiencing me and seeing the glow and seeing the growth, I may need it to be physical. Let's have a sip to that. Mm -mm. Because I'm choking. Because once I get into the spirit, baby, I choke. (laughs) So it gets to that. And then you're constantly wanting to win. You are competitive, which is a great trait. I celebrate competitiveness because personally, I'm competitive. But I'm at a point in my life where I just don't care about a lot of things that I used to care about, that I used to place value about. And these are not things that I'm saying are valueless, no. But for me, in my life right now, I do not care if I'm winning an award I do not care if I'm doing a big campaign that is going to be spoken about. I do not care if I have a boss that pays attention to my efforts because I'm at a state in my life where I know what I'm capable of. I know what I can bring to the table and I don't need to be proving anything to anybody. And this was the hardest reality for me to swallow because I've always been a person that believes in what am I doing next? What am I here for? Okay, this is my job. Let me and it's a great trait to have because the other day I was visiting my close friend and we saw an old colleague of mine and we were just talking and he was talking about my way of working and how he when he was in the company that we worked for how he thought of me and how everyone around me in the environment thought of me. They said I had a militant style of working. I was always working. I was constantly doing things. And I always wanted to be just doing big things. And I never stayed and celebrated in the things that I was doing. I was already looking at what's the next best opportunity. And they thought I was very arrogant because of that. very shocked because I was very anxious and I was just trying to do my best and prove my worth to my employers and just put my best foot forward but when he said you had a very militant way of working you would come into the office you wouldn't even have chit chats at the coffee station you would just work and he says to me I just wanted to get to know this girl because I thought she was pretty and she was nice which was a beautiful compliment thank you so much Marco and and he was telling me he was like but and he, he mentioned other colleagues which I thought were amazing and I never even thought they knew me or they did know me but I didn't think they were paying attention to me and he mentioned it was like this colleague was like this girl is so hardworking. she's so pretty but she has a militant style she's not friends with anyone But that time I was going through a lot. I didn't have time to stay and socialize because baby, I need to catch that taxi to take me home. Okay. Because home was far or home taxis were running out. I was operating at a different frequency and people were receiving a whole different message. Right. So after realizing that, and I said, you know, the last few months of last year, when I was really excelling at my job, it was more and more where I just was disconnected with that reality. I was really disconnected and wanting to prove that I can do something, you know, to prove that I can overachieve and excel. I did not care about that at all. And not that it took away from me or I did, I knew less. I just realized that I need to reposition my value in how I see myself and how I see people outside of their accolades and just see people for who they are 
and be on that energy flow that requires you to just be who you are outside of the things that you can have. And that does not excuse the fact that life now has to be subpar and I'm not ambitious. No, ambition has been redirected. My ambition personally has been redirected. My priorities look way more different than they did the past few years. I'm on a purpose-led life. And I think it's always important for us to title a season that we are in in our lives to be the ushering of your actions and your thinking. To say, I'm looking at myself now and things that matter don't really matter as much. And things that have held a high place in my life, I want to excel more of. So how do I position collectively the season that I'm in? Personally, this year for me is purpose-led. Everything I am doing is purposeful. That required me letting go of things that I knew were not leading me in a purposeful way. Things that I knew that I can do, but I'm not being purpose-led. Things that I knew that I should be doing, but they're not purpose-led. And I thank God to be afforded the luxury to finally transition into the season. So it's also important for you to also see which season your guides are pushing you to, you know, which sense of self you need to abandon for you to fully evolve into a different version of yourself. I will be doing an episode that is focused on that form of transformation of abandoning certain parts of ourselves that served a purpose at a certain time, but now becoming a different version of ourselves and being okay with that and not trying to hold on to parts that are no longer serving you that did their role not taking away from them and thinking oh you know my hard-working ethics now i have to abandon them because i'm being called to look after a farm <laughs> and just have slow easy living no ways i'm not doing that but you know how fulfilling that could be for you you know, so you need to look into that and we'll get into that in that topic and also just being in control it gets tiring it's so tiring like you always want to control things and that is an anxious behavior and a hyper independency and a trauma response because you need to know the outcome of things you need to be in control of the outcome beyond your god your guides and the holy spirit and your spiritual realm tribe you need to be above that like okay i see what you're doing god my guys, my ancestors, but I'm going to need you to fix this and shift that. <clears throat> and you are seeing that's not your reality, which then results to anxiousness, depression, um, moving impulsively, which then creates an even bigger issue. That is something you need to look into if you feel big parts of your life require you to not even relinquish control and constantly you want to be in control. And especially in relationships, relationships encompass two different people that are coming together with different giving and taking traits, right? So there's something your partner can give you that you cannot give yourself, but you want to formulate that because you don't want to give that over to them. There's certain things that your partner needs from you that they can not even encapsulate or create for themselves and they need to allow you to lead in that and that is why a relationship is a partnership and not a dictatorship surely come on i did speak on being a workaholic um because it's 
lack there is a sense of scarcity that we live by in our minds where you could have grown up with not having as much or you experience scarcity in one way or another and you've experienced lack so now you just need to constantly be working and making that money or making those targets getting those things because you've experienced lack and it's a place you don't want to go to again and you don't know how to navigate that environment in a healthy way where you could be okay with what you have while you're still attaining the right amount of things you have by being mentally and physically okay right and abandonment issues they look different for all of us we all have different abandonment issues others have been physically abandoned by their parents their friends their partners you know and others could have been involuntarily abandoned abandoned because of loss you know and you could also just be a person who's scared to be alone like oh you just scared to be the one that is left so you would rather do the leaving so you'd rather be the impulsive one even if you don't want to but you feel if you don't do it it's gonna hurt more when they do it but how will you be if they do it like have you ever tried to work on that reality of if somebody actively chose to leave my life like how will i be Will I be grateful for what was and move forward with that or am I going to fall apart? What measures do I need to place that should that happen? God forbid it happens, but should it happen, will I be okay? Or rather you like, nope. I'm not sticking around to even see that. So I'm a bounce first, even if it might ruin the possibility of a lifelong relationship, a lifelong companionship because of a little misunderstanding and not willing to put down your guard in some way or another. Like I would rather work through that than have this person just be the first one to leave, even though... You don't want to be the one that leaves, right? That's why sometimes even people abandonment issues, they stay in situations that are not fulfilling and are hyper-independent, but are not fulfilled, but don't want this person to leave. But these these people are not giving you what you need or what you want. But because you have abandonment issues of like, what if they leave me? I can't fathom being alone. But so let me make this work and also self-sabotage and be hyper-independent and not have to depend on them. Even when days I need ease and I need comfort, they fail to give me that but instead of them leaving let me just take the little crumbs they're giving me because i don't know how it looks like on the other side so let me just eat these crumbs and stop thinking that there's a possible buffet next door and make do with what i have but you are self-sabotaging and it's breaking you you know and seeking help you see it as a burden and I did speak on this and saying that it could be past experiences where you did want to ask for help or you did ask for help and unfortunately people just couldn't meet you where you are so you said never again and you are known as that person with oh me i never ask help from people never but deep down inside you know that hurts you to know that you don't have a community or a person or a few people that are there for you when you need them when you need help and help doesn't have to be physical it can be emotional it could be mental help you know it could be spiritual help but you're just like nah not a chance because that will require me to be vulnerable you know and then it ends up you doing too much you always doing things you are constantly busy you don't slow down to take stock of where you are in life and just to be at ease and relax you need to always be busy you just feel let's be busy and then there's another thing of also not experiencing joy which i mentioned earlier you are constantly a person that 
You cannot experience joy of your hard work. You don't sit down and say, let me celebrate myself. Let me, wow, babes, you've done a number. Celebrate. Come on. You don't do that. You genuinely don't do that because you are looking at, okay, what is next? What is that one thing that I need to chase after now that will show my worth again? Not to people most of the time, but to yourself. And yes, to people. So people don't think in Zulu term that they like to say, like you've fallen off, right? Because you're thinking, oh God, the last time they knew I live in the penthouse, let me get a mansion. You don't even need a mansion, but you're like, I don't want them to think I've fallen off. You're not operating in self-energy. You're operating in people energy. So you're not experiencing joy in the things that you've attained and you're not slowing down to take stock of that reality. And you also struggle, struggle with codependency in relationships, spoken about this romantically, also as friends. You struggle to open up to your friends. You struggle to open up to people. Vulnerability for you is a weakness. It's something that you don't want to get into, you know, and you're just like, nah, I'm not doing that. I am definitely not doing that, you know. And even in relationships, you self-sabotage, okay? You are with people that potentially and possibly want to be your safety net, that want to be your security. But it is so hard for you to understand this reality because of what you've normalized to be okay. But your spirit is yearning for what these people are offering because the ease and comfort that they come with is unmatched. But you just cannot fathom that. Your friends know you as a person who isolates, a person who, hey, we don't know if she's okay, if she's not okay. They try to reach out to you. Uh, you, you just struggle, but you look for avenues. You desire those avenues to just let down your guard, to just let somebody know that actually I'm not okay, you know? And even therapy outside of friends, outside of relationships and family, you don't even want to go to therapy, which is a stranger. This is someone who's a stranger. Like as a start, you just feel like, I'm not going to do that. Like this is a stranger. What are they going to tell me? That's why I always think it's important to find the right therapist, but you don't even want to do that. You're just like, yeah, I went to this one. Like personally for me, I remember I went to a program in varsity called PsychEd and there was a therapist and it was a horrible experience. That lady could not resonate to anything I was saying. She was giving me psychological textbook advice and I hated it. I went home and I cried some more because I felt worse than when I came in. But that was not the end of the journey for me. More than anything, that was an opportunity for me to redefine the spectrums of therapy. And on that, whew, this is possibly the longest podcast we, <laughs> we are going to have. I am going to just close off the show in talking about what you can possibly do to navigate hyper-independency, you know, just hitting like the reset switch, because I do think everything is reversible. I do think that everything is, in a sense, invented commas, fixable, but it requires time, it requires commitment and patience with yourself. And above everything, it requires grace. So let's delve a little deeper into that as we close today's episode. Alrighty, so we have broken it down, got into the church and went deep into the verse. And what is really important is to understand that, okay, I am hyper independent. Okay, 
I do possess some of these traits that do show that I'm hyper-independent, but how do I navigate my way out of this space? How do I possibly just get into a healthier pattern, get into a healthier routine in life, and also just overall find a way to balance my independency plus dependency and can those two coexist and the truth is they can they can definitely coexist so one should not do less than the other because again life is about balance it's equal feng shui for all things that you give energy to and again i highly highly advocate independency because of the wonders that it could do to your life and the wonderful blessings that can transition in your life when you are very independent. And I also highly <laughs> recommend dependency. And I laugh because for me as well, this is a transition and it's some parts of it. I honestly, honestly struggle with um, never getting out of because this is all I've known. And this has been my safety net as much as, Yes, it has had its repercussions um, in other avenues of my life. But most importantly, I've attained a lot of things from my independency. But at the same time, I've really failed to grow in other aspects at the time in certain aspects of my life. But the lovely thing about life is that things are fixable and everything comes into full circle. <clears throat> that is why we have that evolution of life. So one thing I'd really want, one of the few things rather for me personally that I apply in this journey of unlearning hyper-independency is I first had to understand why I needed to let go of hyper-independency. It's important to know like, okay, this thing is deemed as something that could sabotage me in the long run or if not, currently why should i let go of it you know um what is it that i feel it's holding me back from when i do a self deep analysis analysis rather like sit with myself and realize that there are certain parts of me that i want to come off more that are prohibited in my hyper independency state what are those things and what do they look like you know and it's also important to understand that letting go of my hyper independency doesn't mean that you're completely dependent on people now let's just get into that okay it is important to know that in your hyper independency you are not a person that is gonna now be reliant solely on people no 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 <laughs> don't do it but it's important to find a healthy balance to see what it is that you thrive in when you are independent and what it is that you need help in when it comes to dependency and how that looks like when it's fully encompassed for you um how does it look merging the two together because again guys too much of something cannot be good to, for you that's just the general rule of life you know um being too dependent is not good for you trust it is not good for you because that's how you became hyper independent because you were too independent and there was no buffer 
in between. It was either or. It was either you were one thing or you were the other. So it's important for you to realize that dependency needs to be healthy in your spectrum. And what does a healthy dependent lifestyle look like for you? And what does a healthy independent lifestyle look like for you? Personally, for me, I feel like I'm in therapy right now. <laughs> I needed to hear myself say these things as well. So if it's something that you needed to hear, you are not the only one. You know, I'm still trying, personally trying to figure out, outside of my happy independency, um, dependency, what am I comfortable with, you know? What am I struggling with? Um, and in my independency, am I letting too much go of what I know to rely solely on myself? Or am I still holding on to the very same things that I need to let go of? So it's a journey we are all journeying on. You are not alone. We are all together in this. From the very beginning, right towards the end. In Zulu, we say, which means we are together. Okay? So it's good to sit with yourself and decide what healthy dependency looks like and what healthy independency looks like for you because you don't want to lose your individuality you don't want to lose the traits about you that make you you and they make you powerful right because we did touch on certain characteristics of like strong-willed people know you're strong-willed an achiever right you don't like an overachiever a person who does things in excel you don't want to lose that where now you've completely let and go of your drive in life for certain things you just need to reposition and see what is worth it and what isn't worth it and when it is time to ask for help in those avenues and when it is time to be of help to people you know and to be of help to yourself and when it is time to step back and be like okay no I need a step back or I need more of this outside of me. So it's important to, one, recollect yourself and decide why you need to let go of hyper-independency. Um, another thing is basically challenging your, uh, I could say, your negative beliefs solely because they, we use terms like, you know, I don't trust people easily, you know. I don't think other people can provide for me what I want or other situations can offer me what I need. Um, depending on other people makes you look weak or makes you needy because, again, it's another sense of vulnerability. And, you know, independency is seen as a huge strength. And I personally do think it's a huge strength. And when we see dependencies like a weakness, like it's you wearing a badge of weakness because of how it's been positioned and how too much of it can be asserted in a certain way. Like if you're too dependent on a person, you do sometimes feel strapped of your individuality. You do sometimes feel like, okay, what do I contribute in my life gay if this person is meant to be doing A, B, C, till Z, you know? So it's important to challenge those negative beliefs and realize that, no, sometimes I need to be soft and be dependent on someone to do something, you know, and not control the narrative. Don't control the narrative and be dependent on someone to carry you to a certain point, you know, be dependent in how much a person wants to show up in your life. And they're saying, these are my strengths. I want you to take from this. I want to offer other you from this. And also for you to be like, okay, I'm at a point where this, I know I can navigate by myself and it's something that is mine and I independently can lead this 
by myself with the support of course appreciate supports but in terms of leading that certain narrative it's important for you you know and we look as hyper independency it is a coping mechanism at the same time and it's more than anything like a survival tactic um in life it's like eat or be eaten type of thing right so that's why you become hyper independent because you don't want to be the fish below the tank absolutely not you want to be up there with the sharks and doing big things so you have no time to be weak that's how we see it right so and then you move away from understanding that sometimes you just gotta swim low baby just go easy with yourself with the tide <laughs> don't rush anything just be easy on yourself and if someone wants to carry you let them carry you but that doesn't make you weak or less than it just shows that you deserve softness you deserve ease you deserve comfort you also deserve moments where you know you need rest and speaking on that then you realize that another thing is that it's okay to ask for help and practice to ask for help and what's really important with this part is that of course you are not comfortable with asking for help from everyone because not everyone real chats and real talk one has the right motives of helping you mm -hmm. and two not everyone can help you where you need to be helped so it's important to identify people who have certain abilities to help us in a healthy way. Personally, I have experienced people that want to help me to keep me at a low level. Like I've had people in my life who have helped me, but their help was always at a sense of I'm keeping her down here. And as long as she's under the illusion that I'm helping her, you know, she will not move from where I've kept her. And once I rose about that, above that and thinking, oh, when I had the capabilities to now help myself in the very same things that they could help me, and I'm looking at them with a the grateful heart of being like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for always being my anchor. Thank you for always having my back. And, as, and then the person is not as pleased. And I'm like, okay. There are people who actually help you to self-satisfy. There are people who help you to self-satisfy themselves, which is why it is extremely important for you to basically find people's motives in helping you and understanding what kind of motives they are behind helping you. And there are people who naturally gravitate to being helpful. There are people who want your betterment to be the succession of your life. There are people who are vouching for you more than they can even fathom because they see the light that you carry and they want you to permeate and shine as bright as you can. And if they have the avenue, the resources to help you, be it physical, be it mental, spiritual, um, emotional, they will help you. They will be grateful to take that position in honor to help you. More than anything, it's a humbling experience for them to be a place of help. So it's important to identify those people because a lot of hyper-independency does stem from the wrong kind of help, unfortunately, because people have different motives why they do things. So it's important for you to identify who's doing what in your life and the contribution of thereof, that person. It's very, very important to do that because, you know, sometimes we bond with trauma and we want to, some people just constantly want to help you, right? 
But once you realize that you are capable of doing certain things that you needed help for by yourself, they really, again, struggle with that transition, um, which for them themselves, sometimes is not malicious at all. It's just somebody who believes that, no, maybe you're not ready to branch out by yourself. You still need this. And you feel, no, I'm capable. I'm good. Like, appreciate all you've done. No, I'm capable. And their reaction from them is not as desired. So it's always good to be in communities that thrive in you, excuse me, using the tools that you have or that they've given you to then expand in your own way and find your own journey and also be capable of vulnerability and being okay with that reality of being like, okay, you know, this person can, can go ahead and be helpful. And then another thing for me that I recently just started looking at is this thing called um, the task, trust, ask method. And this was referenced to me by a spiritual therapist of mine. And basically how it goes is you task, you trust, and you ask. And these are three things that hyper-independent people struggle with the most, right? It's like tasking someone with something to do something. (laughs) I struggle with that because I'm currently in that phase right now. These things that I need to really let go of and just trust that people's intention around me are they can they can get it done okay (laughs) they can they can get it done and the way they do it is the way they think i would best appreciate it and i need to be okay with that like i need to generally be okay with that so i'm really struggling with that because i'm a person who likes things a certain way and um my partner will always say that's because you are a perfectionist, you know, and you just like to control things. And I'm like, I don't think it's the term control things. And yes, I can say I'm a perfectionist because I have a way of doing things and I have a preference of doing things, but I will never know if people are aware of that preference. If I don't allow them to at least do these things for me, you know, how will I know that people are really paying attention to the nature of myself? How will I know? that this person is invested in curating an experience for me that looks like it's something I would do. Because you have friends that were like, oh, friend, I know you would like this or you would like that. And you're like, oh, it's good to see that I have people in my life that trust and acknowledge rather what I like. And they can, you know, have the same vision as me. But tasking them with doing those things then, it's like, a lot because i think it's hard for also it takes a lot for a person to also come up to you and say um i got you this i think you like it or i did this for you i think you like it it takes a lot from them they also went through a whole mind map in their head of being like will she like this will he not think of this will they be fine with this like it takes a lot so for them to also be in that position of vulnerability and bringing something they think you would appreciate in your space you need to understand that It took a lot from them. So trusting that is important. And the trust method. So basically, it's just asking someone to do something for you. That is the task. And then you need to just trust these people or that person is going to do something like that for you or the situation is going to turn out that way. Outside of people, let's look at that. You know, you trust that, okay, I've tasked God, my guides and the Holy Spirit with something. 
and I, I trust they will get me through it. So I don't need to interfere. I don't need to worry. I don't need to stress. I just need to trust the process and be okay with how the process goes. It's a big thing. It is quite a big thing, but it's very, very important for you to trust the process. And that's why I always will reference people because we live in societies, we live in communities, we have friends, we have families, we have partners, we have colleagues, however, whatever um, spaces that we operate in, we have people that will go the extra mile, you know, to buy you a surprise gift or put a surprise thing for you or, you know, buy you things that they think you need because you need to just trust that the people around you have the best intentions for you. And that's why I always say it's important to be in a circle that is fulfilling and nourishing for your spirit so that when it comes to things of this nature, you easily trust because you don't know, you don't think that someone has malicious intentions or has their own ill will or has their own in um desired outcome that is outside of you right so it becomes that thing where you're just like okay i trust i trust them and then the last part is like once you've started to trust the person it will be easier for you to ask help so once you've trusted a process that a person has brought to you or you trust the outcome of a process it's now easier for you to depend on that system of living you know if you trust if a person has created that space for you where you feel vulnerable where you feel safe where you feel cared for where you feel heard where you feel received then it's easier for you now to you know ask for help because you would like to believe this person has taken time to acknowledge you and acknowledge your nature and so far they've shown countless times people don't have to constantly prove themselves to us we need to remember that but we must also recognize when a person is actively participating in your life for positive reasons most of the time right because we human you have a human element where we make errors but most of the time you need to look at your life and realize that okay it's safe for you to decide that a certain person completely has your best interest in heart and you've trust them and they've shown countless times that you can trust them so it's easier for you to ask for help you know for um towards them and however that help may look like you are okay with that you are not anxious you are not worried you don't feel like you are bothering people or burdening them it's really really important to recognize that now right when i get to this other part and this is quite a kg one but before i get into that um my other note is trust issues i mean we all are working through different trust issues and we all have when i did the task trust and ask method um you do realize that sometimes trust issues are there me personally i'm a person who believes in giving trust off the bat and then it's what you do with the trust that I give you that will determine the outcome. I am naturally, weirdly enough, I am now a naturally trusting person once I've opened my vulnerability. Like once I became vulnerable and work again, other parts of vulnerability, because I don't think I'm 100% vulnerable, but from where I was to where I am, I've done my work and I've collected my stars. I believe that you should believe that too because 
I think for the longest of time, you wait for people to confirm your vulnerability, to confirm that, oh yeah, no, now you're vulnerable because they have a different barometer from how you're measuring from this. So it's important for you to also look back and say, hey, the old me would have not been receptive to this, would not have been open to this, would not have been vulnerable to this, but you know, I have overcome that, but there are certain things that I'm still in a sense, struggling with. So it's very, very important for you to get into the hang of things and realize that, okay, I've worked this far, so I'm vulnerable enough to trust the process and trust this person. Because it takes a lot, guys. It really takes a lot for somebody to be emotionally like available to you the way you want them to, or like reach your vulnerability where it finds a comforting level so most of the time it's important to like look at your trust issues and say okay essentially why have you never been able to rely on people and then that means more work obviously and addressing that as to where you were in that position where you stopped trusting people or relying on them and where you are now and the people that you have around you and how that looks like for you of course i'm not saying just get off the bed and trust everyone but that's why i'm saying now my method personally is that i naturally will just trust a person which sometimes burns me because i'll be too open thinking that oh gosh this person has my best interest in heart and then a year or two we fall out or like a few months later you know we fall out and now i'm just like oh gosh i was so open to that person and now here we are but i don't live in regrets i live in appreciation that okay if it's something i want to do less than early yes but it's something that i'm still going to be doing and that is trusting people so how can i adjust this less trusting right off the bat you know take my time to ease my vulnerability into their space see the little pockets of comfort that i can find in them and then just gradually build my trust and you know have steps of that trust building so it's important for that and again i think i did speak on this but it's also important to recognize how far people can meet you you cannot expect people to offer you physical dependency when all they're good at is emotional dependency. You cannot expect people to give you spiritual dependency when all they're good at is mental dependency. You cannot expect people to give you mental dependency if all they're good at is physical dependency. So you need to look at people and realize what it is that they can offer you and what it is that they are offering you and from that what it is that you need from them and you sit down and look at yourself and look at your bowl of needs and pick what you feel will work well with the different people because a lot of times as people we expect one person to be everything when in fact they can't as much as they would want to be everything, they can't. So it's important for you to recognize people's different abilities and dependency forms before you decide what it is that you can be okay with being dependent on them with versus what it is that you need to redirect or relook. And some of those things you can honestly navigate yourself, which is a bonus, without 
again it being a trauma response being a healthy response um and then other things you're okay with being dependent on people because this is where they thrive this is where they feel more um visible in your life where they feel more helpful in your life and they feel more important in your life because that's the thing about this journey of life we all just holding each other's hands and we just want to get through it together in a joyful healthy happy and healed way right and last but not least i wanted to touch on this one the ego <laughs> you need to check your ego baby because the ego and hyper-independency plays a huge role because that is the leading factor in your dependency. Um, it is the ego because you are a person that makes it happen, you know? So you got to check your ego. You need to see that you are not operating in an egotistic mind. And I see this a lot from spiritualists um, or light workers, whichever term we use for a higher conscious person excuse me the ones that have really evolved and understood a lot most of them have egos and they are really like egotistic in their knowledge and very like egotistic in who they are you can't tell them what you cannot take that away from them because they know more they know better you know you vibrating at a very low frequency compared to where they are you have to check your ego because once you decide that you are not going to be as hyper independent now you can't say oh yeah that's why i didn't want you to do it because i could do it myself that is you operating in an ego like yeah i'm not going to let people dictate and decide what they can help me with or whatever i'm vulnerable you know you need to understand that sometimes the ego is what really really sabotages us like it's honestly the most wildest thing ever but half of the time hyper independency is led by ego because you are quicker and more capable of doing things yourself you can figure things out better than the next person you think so rather you just do it yourself because it makes sense when you do it yourself and you don't need the next person to do it or when you do task someone you're like oh i knew it i just knew you were not going to do it so leave it i'll do it and this is something personally again i suffered from and i didn't think it was an ego until i sat down and i said okay <laughs> it is an ego instead of realizing that a person had intentions of being of certain help and they're still literally navigating that but because your ego is very impatient in realizing that this person's method is different this person's projecting projectory is different than yours then you're like oh, let's just leave it and you would rather take over from there because they're not doing it the way that you want them to do it or it seems like they're failing because once a person is given an opportunity to show up in your life it's either they hit the ground running, excelling, or they're also so anxious in this showing up that they do sort of kind of seem like they're messing up when in fact they're not. They are still navigating how to be of help and how to be of ease in your life while still accommodating these hyper-independency walls that you have built up. So it's important to, to give grace to people that do want to show up and give yourself time to also give grace to yourself because you unlearning, but you cannot unlearn things while resorting to the very same methods that have brought you to the unlearning phase.
it don't work like that, baby. You don't say, oh, I have abandonment issues. And the first thing you do, once you've communicated that and work around that with the person, and the first fight or flight is, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Now that's a topic for another day, but thank you so much to my favorite collective for this time. You know, I cherish these moments. Um, that we get to be in the space do connect with us do share with us what you thought of today's episode don't forget to leave a review on our page don't forget to actually outside of rating us write a review for rooms of improvement nourishment space and what we're doing good off good off and what more we could also be doing so until our next episode i wish you nothing but a blessed week and navigating the chokehold of hyper-independency from me, Gamu, and the collective Ashe.